January 10th, 2022. Let's continue today where we left off yesterday with regards to swimming pools on Shabbat. So this will be part two. Yesterday at the end of class, we pointed out that in between each of the halachot that we addressed and dealt with, really need to deal with another issue, and that is the overriding issue of what it means to observe Shabbat. Observing Shabbat is not, as we said, just following and making certain that you don't violate 39 melachot. It's more than just saying kiddush at the beginning on Shabbat morning and havdalan motzei Shabbat. It's more than taking naps and enjoying yourself. Shabbat has an aura to it, and to tap into the spirit of Shabbat takes a lot of soul-searching, a lot of self-introspection to try to understand what Shabbat should and could be doing for you and your family from a spiritual standpoint. It reminds me, in fact, of I was once uh, in graduate school taking a class on Jewish philosophy, and we had just finished uh, understanding and uh, developing the thought of one Jewish philosopher who happened to have been anti-halacha. So he, and his, throughout his work, he builds up what it means to have a true and great relationship, one that's enduring and has depth with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with God. And he says, and that's why, as I recall, halacha is problematic because it distills religion and relationship to laws and rules, and you lose the relationship. And the professor, when we finished dealing with this, uh, with this philosopher, who was an Orthodox Jew, stopped, closed the book, and he looked at the class, and he said to us, so how would we respond to this philosopher? After all, he's making a good claim, but we're all Orthodox practicing Jews. How do we respond? And what he said to us, I remember it like yesterday, he said, we respond by saying, have you ever actually experienced Shabbat? It's true on paper. You might say Shabbat is just laws and rules, one toppled, uh, topped on top of the, put on top of the other, and another one competing with that, and the day returns into just restrictions and prohibitions and obligations. He said, but if you truly experience Shabbat, if it's an aura that becomes what it is as you're observing Shabbat, then you'll understand Shabbat in an altogether different light and you'll actually appreciate what it means to be the spirit of Shabbat. Charles Baruch Haba. But that being the case, let's continue now uh, with uh, the sources that we, uh, that we need to continue in the development of understanding swimming pools on Shabbat. At the very onset of the class yesterday, I mentioned that we might be even dealing with pools that are heated, but we need to understand that at a greater level and a, and, and a full understanding of what that means, because the issues that we addressed yesterday failed to specifically deal with the details with regards to heated pools. I want to just fill that out together with you today. What I mentioned yesterday was that when it comes to heated pools, generally speaking, actually always it seems to me, what we're dealing with is water which is called poshrim. And I'll explain what that means in just a moment, but uh, when we deal with hot water, we're dealing with water which is heated above, generally speaking, Yad Soledet Bo, a high amount of water that if you were to touch it or if it touches the stomach of a, of a baby, it would burn it. When we're dealing with heat in pools, we're dealing with a lower level heat. We're dealing with a lower level heat than you would bathe in as well. Generally speaking, we'll refer to that as poshrim. We'll deal with in just a few moments the exact definition of poshrim. So that's the, what, what lies behind everything we're about to address, and that is that swimming pools are not per se hot water, they're rather what's known as poshrim, you might call it lukewarm water. The question is, what's the halakha in that context? Okay, well that all being the case, here's how it begins. The Gemara, jacuzzi would be out. Jacuzzi would be problematic. It's, it's, it's certainly more than poshrim. Certainly, we're gonna address what poshrim is, Poshrim, generally speaking, we put even lower than that, yeah. but we put it about, the, the, the closest to a definition is Chaim Ben Zion to the best of my knowledge, he has it as 37 degrees Celsius, which is 98.6 wow. degrees Fahrenheit. Like pool the never. regular pool, as per Google, and one or two people I've asked, is ideally between 78 and 82 degrees Fahrenheit. But all that being the case, that might still be a problem. You might still claim that's a problem. We're not certain exactly what the halakha is with regards to poshrim. It begins with, <clears throat> and we addressed this in the class when we talked about bathing on Shabbat, the Gemara in Masechet Shabbat and Dafmem describes the history that underlies this gezerah of the hachamim, what's known as gezerah uh, tabalanim. There was a fear that by using bathhouses on Shabbat, 
the balanim, the attendants to the bathhouse, would be heating up the water on Shabbat and telling the people who were visiting and using it that it was heated up before Shabbat. Of course, heating up on Shabbat is, is major violations of halakha. Even though it might be, say the hachamim, that they actually heated it up before Shabbat because we fear you'll be in a circumstance where they actually are heating it up on Shabbat, Gezerah, even heated water before Shabbat, is asur to immerse yourself in on Shabbat. It's source number one, Shohan Aruch in Orah Hayim Siman Shin Kathvav, Sa'if Aleph, Asur Lirchotz Kol Gufo, Afilu Kol Ever Ve'ever Levad, Afilu Bemaim Shu Hamu Me'erev Shabbat, Benim Hem Bekeli, Benim Hem Bekarkav. Halakha is that you're not allowed to immerse yourself and bathe in heated water, even if it was from before Shabbat. By extension, it would appear, as we discussed in that class, even if it was heated beheter on Shabbat, before Shabbat, whatever the circumstance is, it's asur. Is that uh, even if it's cold water? Shohan of course, goes on to explain it's not applicable to cold water. As we discussed in the last class, Ashkenazim have a humrah, a minhad for many years. They won't even in cold water, and that's under debate, whether showers by extension and so forth. But that's the halakha with regards to hot water. So we have on one end hot water, asur. You can listen to the bathing on Shabbat, the showering on Shabbat to understand the specifics on that. And then we have cold water, there would be no gezerah. There's no gezerah tabalanim. Question that we need to address in the initial stage warm of this class is warm water, what we call poshrim. Before defining warm water, although I already defined it for you, uh, Charles, let's just understand. So, what are the different opinions? Without getting into the full details, we'll lay out the three different opinions. In source number two, it's a book called Bet Meir. Bet Meir is written by Rabbi Meir Posner. He was a rabbi who lived in the 18th century, and he, in turn, initially cites from She'elotu Tishbot Hacham Sevi. She'elotu Tishbot Hacham Sevi was written by Bitsevi Ashkenazi, an important German rabbi, the father of Biakov Emdin. So he. Father, father, Biakov Emdin. Ah, interesting. Yeah, Ashkenazi was from Germany. Ayin Teshubat Hacham Sevi, he writes here at the beginning of Siman Shin Kavav, Siman Yod, Matir Bahafagat Sinat Maim Levad, Velotit Hamem Ad Shiur Shiyikare Maim Hamim. So he begins by citing from Hacham Sevi that it's permitted to be mefig sinat. Be mefig sinat means to diminish the chill. It doesn't mean per se lukewarm water, but you're allowed to uh, diminish the chill of the water. Shabbat, <laughs> and so forth. He cites from Tosafot in Masechet Shabbat. Nira midivrehem says Beit Meir. I can be medayek in Tosafot in Masechet Shabbat and Afmem. Sheisur hitza af behafagat sina, which means to say, even if it's water which was not per se even lukewarm, but it's just diminished in heat and just diminished in coldness. Okay, but over here we're talking about that was done to the water. In other words, if the water, for example, was hameteveria, in other words, natural spring waters that are heated, that's permitted. It's only if it was an artificial heating, artificial meaning mechanism in order to heat it. So being in it and heating it up like that would not pose an issue, nor would it if you just got rid of the chill. But Hacham Tzevi argued that if you were to just get rid of the chill, that is permitted. That's so not part of Giza. Tell, tell no, it means that before Shabbat, for argument's sake, or in today's day and age, following Hacham Ovadia Yosef and others, you set a timer and somehow you diminish the chill, mm-hmm. and that's how you were able to maintain it. Not that you actually had someone directly press a button for you on Shabbat, that would certainly be prohibited. But rather, if it was a timer or if it was set that way before Shabbat, and for argument's sake, you go. You see, the issue they're really dealing with is going into the mikveh on Eid of Shabbat. So you understand that was done right before mm-hmm. Shabbat, and that's what you're doing. By extension today, you might say it had a timer of some sort. But Hacham Savi is Mahmir on poshrim, lukewarm water would be a problem. If it's hafagat sina, if it's just taking... Yes, certainly. Now, we will briefly touch on that. 
the poskim are have been for generations holek. That's the context mm-hmm. they're real. They're not talking about swimming pools. They're talking about mikveh. It's exactly the issue they're dealing with. There's a question whether you distinguish between men and women. But in general, with regards to women, it's not at all simple. Uh, the communities minhag notwithstanding, you can understand nonetheless there being a major difference between someone who's doing a mitzvah and someone who's going into a swimming pool for pleasure, of mm-hmm. course. But that being the case, Hacham Tzvi again, his statement is hafagat sina lehafig means to diminish, sina means the chill, the coldness. That's what's permitted. Poshrim, lukewarm, would be prohibited. Bet Meir says even hafagat sina is prohibited. Even to diminish the, the chill of the pool, if you're the only water you'd be able to go into, keep in mind he's an Ashkenazi, he had the humrah probably anyway, the minhag of not even going into cold water, but me'ikar hadin, midina de gemara, masechet shabbat and daf mem, it would be permitted to go into a, to water which is only Cold, nothing more than that would be permitted according to Bet Meir. We've really aligned two opinions over here. Hacham Tzivi, Hafagatzina, permitted. Bet Meir, on a further extreme, even Hafagatzina is prohibited. Both of them agree that lukewarm water, 78 to 82 degrees, swimming pools are prohibited. We can add to that list as well. Radvaz, Rabbi Akiva Eger, they're both Oser Poshrim, two very important names. Ashkenazi, Rabbi Akiva Eger, Sfaradi, Radvaz, both say Poshrim is problematic. It's part of Gezerat Tabalanim. It's part of the Gezerat of the Gemara Masechet Shabbat and Dafmen. Hot water is equivalent to Poshrim, to lukewarm water. That's the halacha for each of them. Sorry, but Go ahead. Does it have to do with the way they were probably heating it back then to today, the way it's heated today? The answer is the Gemara is telling us because of that Gezera, which is lasting, we've accepted that, therefore you can't use hot water on Shabbat if it was heated, so even Behitim. Correct. Correct. Gezera is a Gezera, it's a Gezera Hachamin. Well, that being the case, we're up against the wall, and there's no way out of this. There's no permissibility whatsoever. So I'll bring you to the next source, source number three, She'elot Shabot Noda' Be'yehuda, Mahadudurat Tinyana, Siman Kafdalit. Noda' Be'yehuda, of course, would be Haskalanda, was the chief rabbi of Prague, and a very important poseh kalacha. He's addressing this particular issue of, again, mikvaot and the heat of the water, what is or isn't permitted with regards to this gezerah, the hachamim. And again, it's important to know, although it doesn't diminish one way, it doesn't change anything one way or another, we're dealing with an isur de rabbanan, right? The isum in Torah would be heating the water. Okay, that's certainly prohibited. Bishul on Shabbat, it might be Havara if you're doing it in one way. But what we're dealing with is it was heated before Shabbat, or it was on a timer of some sort, and then with an Isur Rabbanan of going into it. It's not like with the boiler in a, in a shower or something like that, which we addressed, which could be an Isur Min HaTorah as well, where the water now rushes into it and you're actively heating it. We're talking about it was heated already, and you're now going into it. It's an Isur Rabbanan. The Rabbanans we listen to as well. They're very important as well. It's important to just note that Nodabi Yehuda over here argues against each of those earlier opinions, and his opinion is that Poshrim, when it's lukewarm water, that's permitted. The Gezera of the Balanim, again, of the Hachamim, because of the fear of the attendants, was bathhouses. Bathhouses would lead you to hot water. You were going to take a hot shower, a hot bath once upon a time, and even today. And as a result, that's all that's part of the Gezera. Of course, he, as the earlier sources as well, bring proofs and refutations to the other opinions, proofs to themselves, refutations to the others. Without getting into those details, we really have three points on our spectrum in terms of the Pesach Halacha. In this matter, you have Noda Bihuda being the most lenient, saying that Poshrim, even lukewarm water, is not a part of this Gezera, this Isumit Rabbanan. You have in the middle of this uh, spectrum the opinion of Bet Meir, who says that, uh, excuse me, of, of Hacham Sevi, who says that Hafagat Sina, as long as, it, as long as it's not lukewarm, but you're just diminishing in the chill, that's what's permitted. And then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have Bet Meir, who says it's fully permitted even if it's hafagatsi not go ahead it doesn't sound like on the other side of it is it would be uh because you can't go into boiling water a hundred percent when we talk about mayim hamim that I, I, I put that as an extreme. Yatsoledet oh, okay. is the Isur of Bishul. 
when we talk about Hamim, we're talking about more than 98.6. That's what I was telling you earlier. A jacuzzi is going to be more than 98.6. I don't think it's going to be Yatsolet. More than 98.6. I think it's that We assume you can't go in. That's, I mean, even if you're Mahmir. But 98.6 is the number Ham Ben will give us. We'll get different types of measurements for this without specific numbers, but we're certainly not talking about it. But the question is how are Posek Lahalacha on this? And a lot rides on this. He did pools rides rides on this, right? In other words, the question is, even if we addressed other issues in the past class, we addressed the issue of swimming. The Gemara Mishnah Masechet Betzandaf Lamedvav, and he swimmed Rabbanan of maybe you're going to craft a Havit Shel Shayatim. Well, you can address that one if you have the lip to the pool and you're not at a beach. A beach would certainly be a problem, irrespective of any heat or anything else like that. That was clear, okay, but the pool has a lip, it's not an infinity pool. Okay, that we addressed. Is there an issue of sehita we addressed as well? Maybe yes, or probably no, depending on the circumstance. Okay, but once you addressed all those issues, is the pool cold or is it hot? Well, if it's cold, okay, so we revert back to what we discussed in the last class. If it's hot, quote unquote, or lukewarm, now you have to deal with this issue. Now, again, at the initial stage of last class, I quickly mentioned it, but now it's important that we really get into that. So uh, what is the Pesach Halacha? Are poshrim, are lukewarm waters, uh, prohibited or permitted for immersion, for bathing on Shabbat? Chacham Yosef in source number four. Rabbi Moshe Levi in source number five, Chazon Ovadia Chelek Vav, that's Chacham Ovadia Yosef, Menuchat Ahava Chelek Bet, that's Rabbi Moshe Levi. Both state, of course, developing it and proving it based on sources that even Poshrim, and we're defining that as anything up to 98.6, we might want to define it a little bit differently, but lukewarm water, what we would call our swimming pools today, are prohibited on Shabbat. Prohibited. As a result, Women who are immersing in a mikveh, it's not so simple for them. Chacham Vadya Yosef and Menuhata Havarabi Moshe Levi suggest very strongly that women go during the time of Ben Hashem Ashot, which means the period of time in between Shkiata Hamas sunset and Seta Kochavim. Why during that time period? That time period were more lenient on Shevut, on Isuri Midrabbanan. This is an Isur Midrabbanan, of course. That's their strong suggestion. Chacham Vadya Yosef in his earlier writings in Livyat Hen in Siman Ain. And it was he cites over there what was only published after his death in Yabi Omar Halik Yod Aleph is even more stringent. He doesn't is very stringent on this matter. His clear opinion is that Mayim Poshrim, even though it's not hot water, it's lukewarm water, there's a problem of immersion or of, of bathing yourself in it on Shabbat. Go ahead. So if you're talking about going to Mikveh, it's gonna be Friday night that they're gonna be going into it. So Correct. Let's just assume they're not turning it on. The second candle lighting started, and now it's warming for twenty minutes. Correct. So it's it, you got to assume that it was on from before. So what, Correct. Even though it's on from before. Even so, now again. Because, because it's not about putting now the counter. The count. The question is. This is just the general question. Is the gezera. How strong was this enactment, this gate that the rabbis placed? Mm-hmm. Was it to the extent that you're right? I mean, it's right after Shabbat began. Oh, the woman who's just getting ready, she's going right in. Their argument is yes. The counter argument of several, of many, is no. In that circumstance, it might be different. I might add to it that it's a mitzvah, it's different. It's but for the gezera. Everything we're discussing over here is the gezera. And the gezera... It might rewarm... The gezerah initially was that the attendance, but that's that's it. That's all we're dealing with. So it's not about heating it up, it's about going into it. Yes, yes, it brings us back to the bathing class. Yes, uh, is that the only opinion? If that's the only opinion, then the question, our issue to a large extent is closed. It means heated pools, irrespective of how they got heated, when they got well, heated, heated, are right? problematic. Not, non-freezing cold. Well, Chacham Vadya Yosef and Menuhat Ahava do not extend it to the Bet Meir's Pesach Halacha. They don't say unchilled water. In other words, they, w- they would not argue that, it's the water ne- that the water needs to be absolutely cold. They do argue that lukewarm water is problematic. So in other words, on the spectrum, they're in the middle. Hard to give a, a concrete definition to it. But uh, well, that uh, it's def- seventy-eight to eighty-two is certainly, in my opinion, that's pushing. That's lukewarm. I mean, that's oh. that's clear. 
cold, but doesn't need to be freezing. In other words, it could have been heated up uh, specifically. Is that the only Pesach Halacha? No, it's certainly not the only Pesach Halacha. And as a matter of fact, the majority opinion, although Hacham Vadya Yosef Rabbi Moshe Levi are very strong opinions, but the majority opinion is that Poshrim, that lukewarm water is permitted on Shabbat, and not to heat up, but to immerse yourself in. Um, that's the Pesach Halacha in source number six, source number seven, and source number eight. Source number six being Aruch HaShulchan, a very important, of course, Rabbi Yechiel, Michal Epstein, very important Ashkenazic Pesach Halacha from the Vardic, from the early 20th century, or early 21st century, uh, late 20th century. He writes, Lelech LeMikveh, over here in Siman Shin Kavav, Be'erev Shabbat Mishachashicha, Asur, Kshahamikveh, Hama Harbeh, if it's very hot. Sha'arerech Hitzat Kolagufne Eza, writes Aruch HaShulchan, you're not allowed to bathe yourself in hot water on Shabbat, your entire body. Ela, what's that? Kol haguf, certainly. That's the Gemara and Masechet Shabbat and Dafmem. The Gezera was Kol haguf, but that's what we're dealing with that's over here. Right. You're allowed to do Ever Ever as long as it's going to be less than the majority of your body is the Pesach Halacha. Mikveh is Kol haguf by definition. Ela, Yerushi Yehiyu Keposhrim. Oham Kesat says, if a woman wants to or needs to go to the mikveh, so just make certain that it's not hot, it's lukewarm. How's he defining it? So, the truth is, Aruchashuhan might be raising the level higher than 98.6. I take 98.6 as Chambensyon. It says, Anything below, close to, he says, that's of course a debate as to what that means, as we discussed in our bathing class, would be considered Poshrim. However, and if you haven't sensed it from my speech until now, it's never fully defined what poshri means. We use those words, but what's lukewarm? I mean, it's easy to say. If people call that hot water, that's what's prohibited. If they call it lukewarm water, that's what's permitted. That's his definition. Would you say if a heater is used, you would define that as hot because it's called a heater? No. I do not think. I, I think it's very clear they were using heaters to heat the water in his time. Did they call ham? Ham, that the water is ham. He's distinguishing between ham and poshrim. And he says, when you look at that water, when you touch that water, you say that's hot or you say it's lukewarm. Of course, he's not being very scientific, but he says it's difficult for him to be very scientific. Hot would be hotter than lukewarm. Certainly. Certainly, hot is hot, close to Yatsolet, right. in his words, and Poshrim is lukewarm. Right, so, he's, so he's being very creative by going literal yes. and taking it a step further, saying it's warmer than lukewarm. Correct. Correct. Or, by definition, that is lukewarm. You know, or, or, or yes, maybe your words are right. Maybe poshrim shouldn't be my words throughout like, lukewarm. Level three, it's, he's going to level two. That's right. And Yatsu is level that's right. one. Similarly, along a similar lines, as Rabbi Moshe Feinstein here in source number seven, million dollar question, citing from Siman Shin Kafav, our source Verse number one, we know hot water is prohibited. What's the permitted? Now, again, this is notwithstanding the Ashkenazic minhag of Isur even on cold water. Teshubah, shi'ur ha-hom demayim hamim sha'asur lechot hu'af hom katan. It's even if it's just a little hot. Deha'af behol in rohsim behom gadol. He says, even during the week, who's, who bathes, back to Charles's point from earlier, in Yadzoledet water, in water that burns you? So he says, clearly, and this is exactly the point you were making, clearly when we refer to hot water that's prohibited, we're not talking about scorching hot water, we're talking about even lower than that. Okay, but what's less than that, and is that permitted? Anything less than the normal bathing temperature is permitted. That makes a lot of sense. It's the same argument Aruch HaShulchan was making, which means to say his claim is A, Poshrim, lukewarm, is permitted, and B, how do we define lukewarm? 
anything less than bathing uh, temperature. 78 to 82 degrees is certainly less than bathing temperature. You wouldn't want to take a shower or a bath in the same temperature water as a swimming pool. And he says, what about a person who can really withstand boiling, scorching hot water? But la dator, he says, that person would not be permitted. He's you know, to go by the majority, by the normal way that people bathe. Okay, that being the case, two major and important, albeit Ashkenazic poskim, who are matir on poshrim, and they're more expensive than even the number I gave you beforehand. But what I was referring to throughout a she'elot, Teshuvot Or Desion, Chalik Bet, Siman Lamed He, Ot Gimal, that's Cham Ben Sion of course, the long-time uh, head rabbi of Yeshivat Porat Yosef in Yerushalayim, good friend and chavruta for many years of Chacham Vadia Yosef. Ha'im mutar litbol b'shabat b'mikveh shememav adayin hamim b'miksad. The question, of course, is, the general, more relevant and uh, prevalent issue of a mikveh. Are you allowed to be in a mikveh, <coughs> a woman or man, on Shabbat if the water is hamim b'miksat? And his response, if you take a look on the second line over here, excuse me, no, we'll go from the beginning. Asur lechot kol gufo b'mayim hamim. You may not be in hot water on Shabbat. Dechen, likanes lemikveh mayim hamim, by extension, to go into a mikveh. Afil she'en hayat soledet b'hem, of course, even if they're not scorching. Elaim ken hem poshrim legamre. Unless it's lukewarm. So he's permitting on lukewarm. He's going with no da bihuda. What's the definition of lukewarm? Kol shamaim hamim lemaala mishloshim vesheva maalot in the chotzpahim. That's the number I was working with. It's the number, for one reason or another, I've always worked with, and that is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the number 37 degrees Celsius that we give for what it means to go above lukewarm water. Again, either way you slice it, although you might be talking about this in a mikveh context, maybe, certainly none of these definitions are going to affect the swimming pool. Swimming pool is 78 to 82 degrees. The question only is whether poshrim are permitted or not. Now, Chacham Vadya Yosef would and did tell you it was prohibited. He was willing, he says, for women if they're going later than Ben Hashem Ashot, but he's willing in that context, and he's not even excited about it. Bimoshe Levi as well. These poskim, Bimoshe Feinstein, Aluch Hashulchan, or Lisyon Chambensyon, amongst others, are permitting in poskim. Well, that being the case, it's a mahlokit poskim. Yesh makom nirhav leachmir over here. There's, there's certainly room for, for stringency with regards to heated water in pools. Again, even if you're gone on Friday night and it was heated beforehand, or even if there was a timer that heated up on Shabbat, there is a little bit more room and a significant amount for me for leniency, and that is Chacham Vadya Yosef in the continuation of his discussion over there in Chazon Vadya on Hilchot Shabbat Chelek Vav on page PB through Pe Gimal quotes first from uh, from Sheilot Teshubot Bnei Yehuda that's Cham Yehuda Ayash and from several others who make the following distinction when in the context of talking about a mikveh. Their suggestion is that the Gezerah that the Gemara talks about on Daf Mem is specifically and only to bathing. Mikveh, they argue, is different. The Gezerah initially of the rabbis needs to be narrow to a bathhouse where you're bathing. If it's for Mikveh, we can extend it further. If it's for swimming, not for bathing. As a matter of fact, you go into a swimming pool, generally speaking, people want to bathe afterwards because of the chlorine or salt that's on their body, whatever type of pool it is. Well, that being the case, that's an extra, an additional Hamvad Yosef brings the, conflict, the, 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 the opinions who disagree, of course. In other words, this isn't the only approach to the matter. Ultimately speaking, he is not willing to rely on that approach. He has Radvaz who negates Ham Yehuda Ayash and several others. He's not willing to rely on what I'm setting forth for you in terms of the rooms for leniency. It's clear. Hacham Vadia Yosef would argue it's certainly not Lechatechila for a woman to go any time other than Ben Hashem Ashot on Friday night. But that's also Ben Hashem Ashot, it's a fact. Ben Hashem Ashot, the halacha is that Shevut and Isumid Rabbanan is permitted. That's clear, as the Gemara says in several places. So you're right, it's a safik, but if it's an Isumid Rabbanan, which this clearly is, it's probably not even a Shevut. It's not even to that level, this Gezerah. And as a result, he's willing to be Mekil in that context. She doesn't need to go in a cold mikveh. He goes further, in his later writings at least, and he says, but Yeshal Mili Smoch, if she's going to go later, 
I'm certain, I'm, I'm well aware, there are many women in many communities who go later. Would he, uh, to the best of my knowledge, he's never asked this, would he, if pushed, say the same thing about swimming pools? Can't imagine. He might say, listen, if it's very hot outside and you really need to cool down, it's not another circumstance and it's only the heated pool, I'm certain he would open his mind and eyes to that in such a situation, I believe. Would he say it as a general practice that a heated swimming pool is permitted? Well, first and foremost, as his son already wrote in Yalkut Yosef, wasn't excited about swimming pools. Not not al-pi halakha, but al-pi ruach ha-shabbat, as you recall, we discussed in the last class. So I don't think he would want to get into the conversation in the first place. But furthermore, what I'm telling you is he's strong that poshrim are a part of the gezerah. The argument we're not making against, but we're looking to expand the vision and understanding of this is, A, the majority opinion is not with him, that poshrim are permitted when it comes to bathing on Shabbat. And secondly, this is not per se bathing, and there's a, a, a large slew of poskim who argue that you could distinguish between the two. However, when all the dust settles on this first important issue, it's clear, I believe, to all of us, yesh makom lehachmir. This is not a humrah that's out there to say that I wouldn't go into a heated swimming pool on a regular Shabbat. Why yesh makom lehagadol lehachmir? Hamvadiyah Yosef and Rabbi Moshe Levi are not comfortable with lukewarm water for immersion on Shabbat. Go ahead, Victor. Sources 6, 7, and 8. Yes. I want to talk about mikveh. Yes. I know you differentiated and said it's not like... It's not like bathing, but isn't swimming a step in the opposite direction? Meaning even less. Even less because mikveh is at least a mitzvah, and swimming. S- certainly. Is- now the art. It's, it's an interesting point that uh, that you raise. So Victor says maybe it's only for a mikveh because it's a mitzvah. They're willing. Now the interesting thing is Ham Yehuda Ayash in Sheilot Shabbat Bnei Yehuda that Hacham Vadya quotes. Well, just read, he's quoting, he's, I don't have it verbatim, I didn't put it on the source sheet, but look at the second line here in source number nine. It makes two separate points. Number one, First claim is to distinguish between bathing and dipping. The odd and Furthermore, you see, it's a second point. Furthermore, it's because it's being done for a mitzvah. So the first claim stands on its own as well. Now, it's not to say that he would be comfortable, per se, just being mekil on this. I'm only doing a besiruf together with the fact that it's not hot water, it's lukewarm water, where you have yeshamili smoch. Together with this claim, and I'm not saying this is undisputed either, Chacham Yosef cites from Radvaz and many others who disagree with it, but the two of those together give makom lehakel, Although I'm repeating, yes, makom nirhav lehachmir on this matter. There's wide, uh, there's wide and ample understanding that you could and perhaps should be mahmir with regards to any heated pool. All right. Well, that all being the case, it's let's not move. Not about if you're heating it. It's about it being hot. It's just heated water. That's correct. Even Whether if it was heated, Shabbat, Shabbat, timer, even if anything. it's with the Duchemesh of Israel, with Hacham Vadya Yosef is mekilon. Doesn't matter. Now, when we dealt with bathing on Shabbat, we quoted from Rabbi Akiva Eger, Hacham Vadya Yosef, there in Hazon Ovadya Halekvav, that if it's Makom Tsar, Makom Tsar means if it's painful and sorrowful for you, and Hacham Vadya Yosef said, I'll define that for you. That's a person who takes a shower every day. So then, provided that the water was heated in the appropriate way and all the details were dealt with, then you could go in. That's why I said, if it's a very hot day, and it's sa'ar that Chacham Vadya Yosef might be, op- might be open to going into it on Shabbat even when it's lukewarm water. You understand? But provided that the water provided that, and even though the water was uh, not heated on Shabbat per se, but it was either with a, with a timer or was heated beforehand. All right, well, that being the case, I'm on to the next issue that I'd like to address with regards to swimming pools on Shabbat. And it's a bit of a side issue, but it comes up and, and has been asked to me on more than one occasion. 
whether this was a theoretical question or a practical, practical uh, actually practical uh, issue, people have asked me, well, if, I'm, if I have chlorine on my body and I'm walking over grass or I'm splashing from the pool and it's going to reach grass, does that pose an issue on Shabbat? The Gemaran Masechet Moed Katan here in source number 10 is clear. Go ahead. Could we also be just pouring water on your hand? Certainly, that's going to be the case in Shulchan Aruch. Right now on the swimming pool. I know you got people scooping it out and pouring on the way. No, You're correct. You You're correct. That's that'll be that'll be how we'll deal with it. But the question is, in a swimming pool, would be if it was a splashing or you're walking with it. The Gemara Masechin Mu'id Katandaf Bet Amud Bet has a machloket between Emoraim, between Rabbah and Rav Yosef, how to define a Beraita. The Beraita says explicitly that Haminakesh, a person who's weeding, Hamashkemaim, or you're, you're, you're watering, Lizraim Bishabbat for the growth on Shabbat, that's Asur. Why is it Asur? Whether it's because of melechet zorea, that's seeding, even though you're not seeding, and it's not necessarily going to grow right away, but you're aiding the growth, that's an isur. Uh, or alternatively, it's choresh. Choresh, of course, means to plow the ground, but the fact that you're now making the ground looser, that the soil is easier now to be worked on and worked in, that's the isur of choresh. Either way you slice it, pouring water onto a ground that you want either to be plowed or to grow would be prohibited. Go ahead. Chlorine water, for example. Interesting question. So Charles says, is this applicable at all to chlorine water? Is chlorine water aiding the growth of any uh, of any grass? Now, interestingly, in this context, I bring you to source number 11. Source number 11, Shohan Aruch here in Siman Shin Lamidvav, or Haim Siman Shin Lamidvav, Saif Gimal, quotes from uh, the Rokeach, from Mirbi Eliezer of Ramais, and he says, Aval ha'ochlim beginot, People are eating in uh, in gardens on Shabbat. Asurim li tol yedehem asavim. It's prohibited to wash your hands over the water. Shemashkimotam by washing your hand, even though your intent is not to water. Keep in mind that's what needs to be at the back, in the front of our mind as well. Your intent when you splashed out of the water, out of the pool, when you walked over the grass, was not to water the grass. So even if, and we'll talk about chlorine in a second, even if. Uh, it's going to water. That wasn't my intention. Maybe that's permitted. Of course, we'll have to deal with Hilchot Shabbat in just a moment with regards to intentionality. Based on Rokeach, it's problematic. We'll explain what those words mean in a second. Aval, however, and this comes to your point before we deal with those details, you're allowed to, it's permitted to urinate on the uh, grass on Shabbat. Or any other beverages or waters or water-based items that will not aid the growth. It's permitted. After all, it's not going to aid the growth, and that was my issue. The interesting thing, and Mishnah Burad has difficulty with this, is are we, the Gemara doesn't have a clear conclusion, this is just a, a side point, but it's relevant to our discussion, Gemara doesn't have a conclusion as to whether it was the Isur of Horesh of plowing or of Zorea of seeding. Now keep in mind, if it's Zorea, so now I understand that same statement, the only time it'll be prohibited is if it's going to aid the growth. What if it's for plowing? So I dropped on it uh, whatever it is that doesn't aid the growth, but now it'll help the plowing, now it'll loosen up the ground. So Mishnah Barah struggles with that, and even so, he says, he stands strong, and this is very important, that the Isur is either Horesh or Zorea, and nonetheless, Shohan Aruch has his words, which means to say we now have to understand that there is Makom Lachmir over here as well, before we even discuss the reality, because Horesh could be a problem, even though Shohan Aruch is saying only when it aids the growth, it could be a problem even when it doesn't aid the growth, if we're to accept, accept that opinion in the Gemara. I'll go a step further, it's, an, it's parenthetical, but it's important to our issue as well. When Shohan Aruch says that urine doesn't aid the growth, Be'ur Halakha, in fact, quotes from, if I'm not mistaken, Tiferet Israel, who states that, you know, the, uh, the chemists of, of our day have found that urine does aid the growth. So perhaps now urine should be uh, prohibited. Chacham Vadya Yosef in his Livyat Hen argues against that, that the Halakha was established by the way it was established and accepted, and even so, even uh, the, the chemical uh, the advancements notwithstanding, it would still be permitted. But all these matters aside, I now bring you back to two important issues. First and foremost, will chlorinated water aid the growth? I'm not 100% certain about this, but through my research on this, 
what I found is it depends the way Google and several several questions I've asked the people uh, seem to state is it depends a on how much chlorine is in the water and it'll depend on how you chlorinated your water. Uh, B, it'll depend on the type of chlorine. I'm not exactly, so I guess the chemical uh, buildup of that chlorine. And C, sometimes, and I know it's more, more and more popular, pools will have salt water. Uh, salt water might aid the growth as well. And lastly, and most importantly, I'm not convinced, and I've read this, that if just a few splashes come out, that to that extent, Either it's going to hurt the growth, which is what I specifically want, and it might just rest over there and, and aid in one way or another. In short, what I'm saying, in short, what I'm important question. In short, what I'm saying, very important question. In short, what I'm saying though is that chlorinated water, in my mind, when you're not taking a chlorinated basin and pouring it out, but it's just droplets. I would say on this as well. I don't find a way to easily permit chlorinated water being splashed outwardly. Is there no room for leniency? Is there nothing? Well, says, says Charles, what if it just rained? That's the second issue I'm getting to. Because Shohan Aruch told us, even though it's Davar Sheno Mitkaven, it's Psikresh, I'm getting to that right now. But just for a second beforehand, I will add, what if it just rained? So now the grass is fully saturated with water, or the sprinklers have been on and it's not helping. If that's the case, so then it's certainly not helping the growth. There's no question. There's no question. No. And that we'll see almost explicitly. I'll go further. We just need to now develop it just for a further, for a better understanding, even though I'm making clear, I think it's very important that the person be dried off if they're now going to walk over grass or be careful that they're not splashing outwardly onto the water. Cannon now, cannonballs and anything associated with it, I think could and would pose issues. Now, that's not to say that there is a room for leniency. I'm not comfortable with leniency on this. I think you need to be mahmir on this. So to bring you to the issue that Hacham Vadya Yosef specifically dealt with, it's in source number 15. It's in his Hazon Ovadya Nechot Shabbat, most recently, Chilek Dalet, on page Yod through Yod Aleph. The issue he was dealing with was the following. A person has a sink in their backyard Yard. Uh, not directly adjacent, but close enough to grass that when you turn on the sink, the water from the pipe will trickle outwardly a little bit. There's a small leak it's of some sort. Yeah, it's Put the pipe in a Poland spring bottle, but once it gets overflowing, it starts spilling out. Similar, if not identical, to our issue. And it goes a little bit towards the grass. So that's our issue. That's our well. Hamvad Yosef is mekil. He's lenient. So again, the issue is the water is going to reach. We're not even dealing with chlorinated water. It's going to reach and it's going to water the grass. And that's that's he says. Let's read a kior means a, means a sink. You wash uh, your hands in it. You clean dishes. And through the, uh, the, the, the pipes, the water will now make its way to karka zerua, seeded land, ground which has uh, grass on it. You're allowed to use it. Because your intention is not in order to water the uh, the garden. Well, wait a second. Yosef. I mean, you're more familiar with any of us with source number eleven. Shochan Aruch told us from Rokeach. What's happening over here? So now we need to take one step back before we step forward. In Hilchot Shabbat, of course, the Torah makes clear that in order to violate the Isur from the Torah, it needs to be Melechet Mahashevet. Melechet Mahashevet means purposeful, intentional activity. Well, that being the case, my intention was not for that. I was doing it for a different intention. Uh, should be permitted. The Gemara says it's a machlok between Bishimon and Bihuda, where posek kaven is mutar. However, if it's what's called pesik reshe, in other words, it may have been not your intention, but it was certainly going to occur, that's asur. Amara, the Amre, Abayev, and Avad, Amre, Tayu, Moder, Bishimon, Bipsik reshe, 
that's asur, which means to say, what do those words mean? As we've explained on many occasions, a chicken's head, a person doesn't have a ball for his child to play with or a doll for them to play with. And as a result, they look to the chicken and seek to cut off the head and in turn use the head as a toy of some sort. They cut off the head and wait a second, that was nitilat nishama. You're not allowed to do that on Shabbat. Oh no, but it wasn't my intention. I just wanted it as a toy. I don't want to kill. I, 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 don't, I don't care about Nitilat Neshamah. That wasn't my intention. I would have loved if I had this chicken around. Maybe I want to use it. I want to grow it. Whatever. But the halacha is Pesik It's an incredulous rhetorical question. You think you're going to cut off the head and it's not going to die? And as a result, it's prohibited. We consider it as if you had intention. But I didn't. As if you did. Okay, Hacham Vadeh Yosef, you have to deal with that over here. It's Psik So let's see his reasoning. His first and foremost, he states, this is indirect. What does he mean by indirect? <clears throat> he says it's what's called Koach Sheni. After all, you washed your hands in that sink. You cleaned the dishes in that sink. Now the water trickled outward. That's indirect. It's not that it came right off of your hands. It's not that you poured the water, as Shohan Aruch was talking about, directly over your hands and then onto the grass. It's rather into the sink, through the pipe, into the Poland Spring water bottle in your circumstance, and then it spilled out. And says, well, now that I'm dealing with that reality, it already bumped down everything to an isumidra banan. All right, so it's still rabbinically prohibited. Also, he continues now, he says, uh, secondly, you have to understand, I might not be interested, and very often I'm not interested in it watering my garden. I have a sprinkler system. I have the grass, which means to say, and this generally speaking will be the reality, it's what's called lani hale. I'm not, I'm, it's not pleasant for me. It's not, even though it was certainly going to take place, it's la nihali. It's not, I'm, I don't, I I'm not, you don't care if you're I growing. Don't, I, it's, it's, uh, the Gemara talks about ar'ad havre, it's my friend's field. It's at a hotel, I don't, I'm not interested in their growth. In my own backyard, I'm not interested in, but we're really talking about hotels and halakha. I don't care about theirs. Wait a second, even Psikreshe de la Nihale, although it's a Mahlokatapuskim based on Shohanaruch and Siman Shintet Zayin and his words in Bet Yosef, Hacham Vadya Yosef's understanding and many others is that it's still Asumid Rabbanan, like Rabbeinu Tam's famous opinion in Masechet Shabbat and Masechet Ketubot and elsewhere. Well, that all being the case, it's still Asumid Rabbanan, but keep in mind what we've just done. We've said that A, it's gerama. It's not direct. It's koach sheni. B. It's psikreshe delani hale. So we've bumped it down to only a rabbinic violation, not an isur from the Torah. He says, well, that all being the case, I have to tell you, it's furthermore what's called safek pesikreshe in his circumstance. What does he mean by safek pesikreshe? He says, even if the water has not recently been watered, maybe it doesn't need the water. Are you fully certain? Now maybe you'll tell me, oh, it's, it has, uh, I haven't watered it in three weeks. Okay, if you haven't watered it in three weeks and there hasn't been rainwater, understood. But you're uncertain, and that's generally speaking. It's going to water the plants. Certainly. Is it going to, no, the watering, it's beneficial watering. Keep in mind, Shohan Aruch was explicit. Okay, if it's not going to help the growth, that's not a problem. So it's what he calls safek pesikreshe. I'm uncertain whether it's going to aid the growth. Uh, that's a whole nother level. Well, so you're uncertain that it will splash. In, like in our circumstance. Yeah. In a, but, you're going in the pool. There might be... Great. Your, uh, your and that's what we would call safek pesikreshe as well. In other words, in the moment of activity, I don't not. know if it'll be the outcome. It's the classic example I like to give. I read about more than once. It was a... Early on, when they were discussing, apparently, the rabbis, or maybe they made the story up afterwards, but this is what's mentioned for understanding Safek Pesik Reshe. It's a mahluk between Taz and Biaki Ve'eger in two places, but when they were discussing putting uh, cameras, uh, closed-circuit cameras in the old city for protection on Shabbat, and it was at a time where they were uncertain whether closed-circuit cameras are permitted. In today's day and age, majority of people permit not, not turning it on, obviously, but walking past them. Most synagogues have them, as do streets all Security over the place. Security cameras. So at a time when they feared there could be potentially surim, they had the following uh, uh, idea, novel idea. They said, what we'll do is we'll have random times over the course of Shabbat that the cameras go down. 
Let's just program them. And they'll go down, let's say, over the course of 20 minutes, which means to say, as you're, and let's say twice, twice on Shabbat, as you're walking through the old city, you don't know if it was the time that they were on or not. That's what we call Safik, Safik, Pesik Reshe. But Shabbat's over, and now I know it was during my time. That was Pesik Reshe. No, it's, they were nervous it might be any sort of koteb. By being on the camera, it would be a problem. Yes. It's mutar. It's mutar. It's mutar. There was once a fear of this initially. Now it's more than anything. It's a good talking piece, right? There are practic- more practical, but that's safek pesikresha. So Victor adds that when you're jumping in, it's safek pesikresha. But that's an important point. So you can distinguish them that if you're splashing in the pool, and you don't need to be OCD in the pool per se, if you did find yourself in that circumstance, right? But the walking over the grass, that's no longer a safek, yeah, yeah. right? I'm so you certainly distinguish. game in the pool. You don't Absolute, know if you absolutely. So that's that's all important to be mentioned as well. So Hacham Vadeh said building these three things together again. Koach Sheni number one. Number two, Psikreshe Delani Hale. Number three, Safek Psikreshe. Piecing that all together with his mechanism and understanding of halacha, he's willing to be mekil. He says, Psikreshe, Delani Hale, with an Isum Drabbanan, because it was Koach Sheni. Furthermore, Safek Psikreshe, he says, that's permitted. Now, certainly, he's not going against Shohan Aruch. Shohan Aruch wasn't talking about any of those cases. Shohan Aruch was talking about when you're washing your hands directly over it. And therefore, as I'm telling what you. What case is he talking about? It's talking about the, the sink case. Charles right? Sink. Charles is sink. I mean, it's, Charles is where you pour it into something else and it overflowed. Over here, he's talking about, he seems to be talking about trickling out, trickling out of the uh, pipes. Now, all that being the case, again, you will have, uh, as a result, understandings of, you don't need to uh, fear that while you're in the pool and it's five feet away, that through a splash, it's going to go there uh, in some way or fashion. However, walking over it, you would need to be fully dried. You need to be certain that you not uh, trickling into it, even though it's a pesikreshe de la nihale, but it's not on an isu drabanan any longer. It's potentially an isu min Torah. You might argue alternatively, but we don't know if the chlorinated water is going to water the grass. Important question, important, qu- important claim to have. Is that However, the same thing? Killing, the gl- kill- killing and growing is the same level, meaning? Like, let's say we find out that it hurts the grass. That it actually hurts that the growth actually hurt, of the grass. Is that the same grass. thing as growing? Like, does the melacha go both ways? Is what I'm saying. No, no. I mean, I. I th- what is to destroy? Right. No. No. That wouldn't. That. That. That's my assumption. When we talk about it not aiding, we're talking about it killing, which would be room for leniency. Assume that's really going to be the reality that when the regular chlorinated water falls off your body and onto it, that it's actually hurting. either not hurt, helping or hurting. So then that, that, that certainly would be like the meraglaim of Shulchan Aruch. If you can determine that, and again, it, it, it seems clear to me you won't be able to determine that. So then yes, you wouldn't have any of these issues whatsoever. However, I think it's important on this as well to be mahmir, just to make certain that if you are in this situation that you're fully dried before you're walking over or that you're not playing so close to the water that the splashing is not going to be so clear of psikreshe that it's hitting the grass that would be what I would suggest on this as well. Alright, so what we've addressed thus far is in addition to our opening where we talked about the important issue of the aura and spirit of Shabbat, we then addressed the issue of heated pools on Shabbat the issue of Mayim Poshrim where we said yesh makom gadol hachmir however there's room for leniency on the flip side and that would be I, in, in my suggestion, but Makom quotes Sa'ar, you certainly have more room for leniency. And what would I define as Sa'ar? That was a very hot day while you're on that vacation. So, along those lines, that's where even Hacham Vadya Yosef, not per se, would say, but would be open to more of an understanding of leniency. Second thing we dealt with was with regards to watering the grass, even though it's not intentional, which of course is always everybody's knee jerk response, but I wasn't doing it on purpose. Pisi Kreshe, it's explicit in Shohan Aruch. We know the Halachot of Shabbat. But is not an automatic heter. If it's certainly going to take place, you should certainly take care uh, in that circumstance, in those situations as well. The last issue, again, sounds peripheral, but it's very relevant to any issue of swimming as well, is the issue of mixed swimming. And Chacham Vadya Yosef, as do many of the Gedoleha Aharonim, address this matter in a very harsh and severe fashion. Take a look, for example, here at our last source, Chacham Vadya Yosef's work. The question he was asked, He's not even talking about for pleasure going to the sea, and he's not 
talking about Shabbat, of course. And I, I will repeat again at this juncture again. Any and all of the conversations we've had began with our first sources in the first class, which distinguished between the sea and a pool with a safa, with a lip around it. If it's the sea or an infinity pool, you cannot and should not get into any of this conversation because it's not permitted. It's an isumid rabbanan, the gemara, masech Okay, so he's talking about even if it's for medicinal reasons, a person's going to the ocean, is it permitted if you go into a mixed swimming area, in an area where there's no division, bayam in the sea, ben anashim lenashim. So he says, Reshit kol neva'er sheyesh isur hamur me'od. You should know it's not just an isur, it's an isur hamur me'od. It's a very severe issue if a person is involved in and uh, and uh, bathing or in 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 a context of mixed swimming. He goes on to cite several harsh words of the rabbis. First and foremost, a person who walks behind a woman in the river. It won't have a portion in Olam Haba. He cites from Rashi because the woman in the river will raise her arms, raise her legs, and exposed parts. Again, imagining in a time and an and age where she was dressed to begin with in a way that only by raising her arms or legs she'd be exposed. Imagine otherwise so in a day and age. For medicinal purposes, and she's dressed fully. And she's dressed, and the, and the Gemara is not talking about medicinal reasons. The Gemara just says he can't do so. She says, Her clothing will come up by definition. She's moving around, and there's a Hoser Seniut. There's a Velotaturu, a Haril Vachem, a Hare Enechem, a Sheatem Zonim, a Harem. He cites in turn from Talmud Yerushalmi, Masech Berachot Perek Alf Halachahe, just a few lines down. Ha'inaim v'halev hem shneshir surim shel avira. Your eyes and your heart, your mind are the two conduits, the two mechanisms for sinning. Of course, that means there's an isur of, of, of seeing matters and seeing body parts which are inappropriate to be seen, which is inevitable in a swimming context, even if the claim is, and a good claim, the woman is fully clothed, which of course is not the reality in our day and age. Umasekhat Avudazara, Tanura Banan, Venishmata, Mikol Davara, Shelo Yaharhera, Dambayom, Veavoli de Tumabalaila. It's an issue from the Torah in the eyes of the Hachamim and Tosafot understanding Gemara, Venishmata, Mikol Davara, safeguard yourself from all evil matters, which means wrongful thoughts during the day, which lead to other activity and mindsets at night and any other points in your life. What Hacham Vadia Yosef is stressing, and there's an ellipsis here at the end that dot, 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 because he continues at great length talking about this severity. Mm-hmm. It's a very important mandate and command for the Rabbanei Yisrael. I humbly include myself in that. And here is my mitzvah rabbah, again, not only on Shabbat, but in all days. This is the mitzvah, to close the breaches and to uphold the gates, and to remove any failures and any uh, pitfalls and any uh, obstacles from Am Yisrael. The Gemara Sanhedrin talks about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu hating Zima, Zima's inappropriate sexual activity. He continues and he concludes this paragraph by saying, And it's the great rabbis of our generation, he said, who have already written about this. He he lists amongst others, Bishamuel Halevi Vosner, that was a great rabbi from Bnei Brak, and Shelot Shpot Shevet Halevi Chelegima, Bimoshe Feinstein, and Hezigrot Moshe Ebn Ha'ezer, we mentioned him in the past class at the Britannia Rabbi in Shalot Shabbat Ve'Ir Moshe Chalik Dalit. What Chacham Vadei Yosef is mapping out and making clear is this is not his novelty that mixed swimming is a problem. This is everybody's talking about. It. Everyone's matria lehatria means to milashon to sound loud uh, sounds uh, to make this certain that everyone understands this entirely and completely. Of course, this is all mentioning it in the context of 
different people from different families and different situations coming together and being misled. If you're with your family members, if it's a husband and wife and their children, in that circumstance, we're not dealing with a vilota Siniut, of course, is a necessity, is a mandate under an every circumstance. We're all well aware of that. However, that being the case for a husband and wife and children, assuming that siniut is in the appropriate fashion, this isur of mixed uh, swimming would not be in the same uh, uh, would not be in the, the same would not be seen through the same lenses and light of this isur hamur that we've been referring to. Now, that's not to say that if the children are more mature and of age, that it's not appropriate that that it's appropriate then for the sisters and brothers in those circumstances as well being together. Now, that that, that all is issues of siniut which are always necessary, always real, and always severe. Chacham Vadya Yosef over here is mapping it out in the context of mixed swimming, which is important to mention. Although we're really talking about swimming pools on Shabbat, when we talk about a swimming pool on Shabbat, we need to talk about a swimming pool in general, and this issue important as it is the Homer Ha'isur of Ta'arovet in Berechot and Sehya Bayam and anywhere else. The Fichach, he concludes, Yeshlihi Manah. His punchline, Chacham Vadya Yosef, is even if you're doing it for medicinal reasons, you should distance yourself from mixed uh, swimming. What you can do is find a separate beach, is what he suggests in a very forceful and clear fashion. That being our conclusion to this class, of course, uh, he concludes, It's important that we each, that each of us, exactly, is a beautiful, we should have peace like a nahar, like a river, in, in holding, what's that? Yes, in, in, in upholding this appropriately, piecing everything together from the first through last class and understanding this matter in its entirety. We've addressed many issues issues with regards to swimming pools on Shabbat. We've dealt with uh, the Isur of the Gemaran Masech Betzah from the rabbis, a Gezera, a Gezera of, maybe you're going to craft that Havit Shel Shayatin. And we explained that that's specifically relevant, basing ourselves on a Gemaran Masechet Shabbat, in a circumstance where the water overflows. And as a result, it's like a Nahar, there's a current, you're going to be carried away. The rabbis were fearful that you're going to build a raft. However, the way Shohan Aruch mentioned it, the way basing himself on that, Gemara Masech Shabbat, if there's a Safa, if there's a lift, if there's a gate that surrounds what you're, where, you're, uh, where you're swimming, that would be permitted. We address the Minhag of Ashkenazim. Now, Chacham Vadya Yosef in his Livyat Chen, Rabbi Moshe Levi in Menuchat Ahava, and many others suggested and stated this was a Minhag Ashkenazim had, starting with Maharil through Trumat Tadesh and Mishnah Buram, again Abraham before, him, all say, even in cold water, the minhag, because of sechita, because of carrying, was one which the Ashkenazim held strong to. The Chacham of said that this, in Yaskil Abdi Halek Vav, Svaradim should keep to this as well. That is the minhag. Chacham Vadya Yosef and many others argued that it's not so. We addressed after that sechita. We talked about squeezing on Shabbat and we talked about the fact that you cannot squeeze even your hair, even though there's no isum in HaTorah per se, according to Arambam on your hair. It appears clear there would be. You have to be careful. Does that mean that your hair can't get wet? No. What about your clothing? Can your clothing get wet? We saw Gemara on Shabbat. We saw Shohan Aruch who suggested that clothing can't get wet. You can't walk through, unless you're walking in the rain, you can't walk through a river on Shabbat. Is that applicable over here as well? And we understood that we can distinguish Hamitz Hak Yosef and his Yalkut Yosef gave three reasons why to distinguish between a pool or uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and a circumstance of just walking through a river. It says the pool where you're wearing a bathing suit specifically, a bathing suit is darko. Now, the derech is for it to get wet. We don't have and we never had that fear that you're then going to squeeze it afterwards. Yon was not as permitting. He said if it's a nylon bathing suit, otherwise he was not so comfortable with that hete. What about a towel? We read explicit in Shohan Aruch with regards to towels. Although you need to be certain and clear that you're not going to be squeezing it, you're allowed to use that towel, provided again that you don't squeeze it. We continued, um, but it's important to just mention
mentioned very briefly at this juncture uh, that carrying, if there's no eruv, that would pose an issue. You can't carry outside of the pool, and you have to make certain that your body would be would be uh, fully uh, dried off before going out. That we mentioned could be a potential issue. That's carrying why the droplets. the droplets. That's why Shohan Aruch talked about it. Bahazer, he talked about it being in your in your courtyard where there's no issue of carrying. We then continued in this class to return to the issue which, as I mentioned then and mentioned again, of the aura of Shabbat, which Yosef, which as we mentioned, several other of the Gedoleha Acharonim stressed, I said, although it might be permitted, it's Asur. What do you mean it's Asur? Because Shabbat is a sanctified time which transcends rules and restrictions and understanding that you might find a way out of it. You have to understand what the nature of the day is. That doesn't mean that you can't immerse uh, for a, a particular amount of time, but it means if this is the activity of the day, you're clearly negating this aura and sanctity of the Ruach Hayom. Uh, well, that, that being the case, we continue today and the first issue that we addressed was Mayim Poshrim, the heated water in the pool. You may not heat the water on Shabbat, which means that you can't press a button or even ask someone to push a button. The same way that you couldn't turn to someone and say, even to a non-Jew, could you fill water into my urn on Shabbat, so we're well aware of, right? In other words, you can't have someone just fill up that water for you. If it was on a timer, Chacham Vadya Yosef, in the context of Bishul, is willing, and that's why many people have a hot plate on a timer, and they'll put something, even though there's liquid in it, and leave it out before the the timer goes on. So if there's a timer, there's room for leniency. Certainly, if it was heated before Shabbat, there's room for leniency as well. However, is there room for leniency to the extent that the Gemara Masechet Shabbat and Mem says, you're not allowed to do rechitza and ma'im hamim shochan aruch, which we began with in source number one, says this is a very applicable halakha. Well, it's there that we address that there's a spectrum of opinions with regards to what are those hot waters. And when all the dust settled, what we understood is fundamentally we're dealing with in the pool what would be called ma'im poshrim. And ma'im poshrim, many poskim say are prohibited according to that gezera. Others, and the majority opinion says ma'im poshrim, those lukewarm waters of the pool, 78 to 82 degrees is permitted. We said that there is room for leniency saying that since it's poshrim, which many permit, coupled with the fact that you're not actually bathing, you're rather just dipping in it, similar to the mikveh, there's room for leniency. However, hacham vadeh yosef, with regards to the mikveh, similar to our circumstance, would be machmir. If it's b'makom sa'ar, if it's in a time of sorrow, it's a heat wave of some sort, and, and you're in that type of situation, well then, of course, hacham vadeh yosef might be open to leniency in this circumstance as well. We then segued and discussed the issue of uh, watering the grass. We address the issue of watering the grass. It's davar sheino mitkaven. I don't intend to do it, but it's certainly going to take place. Is it aiding me? Well, it's lani chale. Well, it's lani chale. It's under, but it's still asumed rabbanan. Well, that being the case, would it be permitted over here if it's indirect, if it's something that just trickled over? That would not be a problem. So, in other words, I'm six. Ten feet away, so the water that's splashing out just trickles its way over. That's the Teshubav Chacham Vadya Yosef by the sink. That would be permitted. But now I'm going to walk over it. Well, is the chlorine actually aiding the growth? Not in my mind easy to say that it's not, and as a result, I would be mahmir on that as well. In any circumstance where a person has that water on them, wouldn't walk over the grass in that sort of situation. However, they're in the pool, uh, in, in circumstances uh, provi- uh, uh, permitting, and there was a splash, but they didn't know the splash would happen. It's not a regular splash. To go that distance, we would call that a safek pisik reshep, probably in that circumstance. There could be room for leniency on that as well, but it's important to be careful that the pool be distant from the water, the grass, and additionally, you not walk over the grass as you're wet uh, afterwards. And then we concluded the class on the uh, what Hacham Vadya Yosef warns all Rabbanei Israel to do, and it's an important warning to be had and to be reminded of, and that is the severity of mixed swimming. Mixed swimming, the Hachamim explicitly talk about in the Gemara, as he cited, and then they implicitly talk about the important of, importance of Siniyut, of dressing properly and not exposing yourself or others or exposing yourself to others in the context of there being problems of sinniut. He's not the only to be matria about this. He mentions 
that many of Hachmei Israel were matriat, spoke very harshly and publicly about this, uh, the severity of this uh, of this uh, specific issue to the extent that even if it's for refuat, for medicinal reasons, he says, but not in a mixed uh, swimming area, rather in one which is separate. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.